You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. I'd like to turn to our very uh, our next topic of today. By the way, we are uh, on Facebook Live as well, so do join us there uh, if you can. Uh, uh, log on to Facebook and find me there, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three. Uh, our next guest and topic of today, we're talking about the restoration of our coral reefs with Rico Yu, who is the co-founder and CEO of Arky Reef, which is a company that merges 3D printing and marine biology to sustainably restore degraded marine ecosystems. Great to see you, Rico. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me here, Noreen. Excellent. Um, I must apologize for our camera work. We are in the new studio right now, so I'll try and sort of... uh, uh, go up a little bit and see if you're able to see me. But the important thing is, if you can see Rico, uh, she's the main uh, star of today. Uh, so, uh, Rico, the last time we spoke, you were uh, finishing up uh, you, your PhD at HKU, uh, and we got uh, introduced uh, uh, before. Uh, can you give us an update? Since then, you've started uh, your own uh, company called uh, Arky Reef. Um, during COVID, uh, during COVID as well, that's uh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has been quite a journey. Uh, Noreen and I talked about um, intro- talk about our restoration project spin up from the University of Hong Kong exactly a year ago, and back then, we I was still working for, as a full time student at the University of Hong Kong, and my research topic is all about coral restoration, primarily in Hong Kong. And during my four years of research, we found that our research team found that there's one solution potentially that can accelerate coral recovery. So back then we were just sharing this idea. And through that, I think throughout that few months period, we got a lot of media attraction. And then that was an inspiration for our team to think about maybe coral restoration is not only for scientists or conservationists. It is becoming a topic that everybody concerned about and want to be part of the solution. So that was the inspiration for us to set up Arky Reef as a spin-off company to basically translate a science and a research project into a sustainable productized or um, business model in this commercial world to make sure that we can scale the impact. So talk us through the, the, the business model. How does it work then? Yeah, sure, sure. So our business model is quite simple. Um, right now, we're primarily working with corporations so that the corporation will pay us a set of fee. We will build a coral, restore the coral area uh, in their names. They will also subscribe to our service for at least three years, offering additional services. We are maintaining the reef for them. We're producing ES3 reports. We also provide services and training for their staff or even their guests. So. Um, yeah, that's the way that we're working for our clients at the moment. So, Rico, what, what's interesting is that you're using uh, uh, tiles out of terracotta to make these 3D reefs. Um, how does that work? Talk us through that process then. Yes, uh, sure. I, th- I would say our, techn- our company, Arky Reef, is an eco-engineering company. Unlike the traditional way of transplanting coral out there with um, Traditionally, that would be boulders or metal bar or cement products. We are using 3D printed terracotta plates. We call them reef tiles. So basically, we are renovating the seafloor so that the coral will have a better condition to survive and live. 
Um, so uh, tell us a little bit more about the traditional one then. The traditional uh, one is not 3D printing or it is still 3D printing? It's mostly, um, so, so first of all, they're not 3D printed. Mostly do, those would be constructional materials that we can easily get from like a hardware store, for example, like a metal bar oh, or like just a concrete block. Yeah. So the traditional way did not incorporate into um, the need for the coral and some of the challenges that they're facing in the water. So with the 3D printed reef tile, it's not only that we're using a more environmentally friendly material, but we are also thinking about what corals need when they're in the water, when they're suffering in the water. So some of the features we designed, for example, we our reef tiles would can help them to provide a stable substrate in on the sand area, and also prevent them prevent the corals from buried from sedimentation. So these are some of the features. When we design the reef tiles, we want to think about what do they need and how we can help them grow better. Yeah, because the last time we spoke, you were also working on a project in Hoi Ha Wan um, as well. Yeah. So can you give us an update um, of, of how that's going then? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. I remember the last time we were talking about the moment that we put down the reef tiles. We saw two cardinal fish coming over, literally the moment that we put down the reef tiles. I think it was um, almost a year after we have another resident. We saw a cuttlefish. It's a cuttlefish mom of a massive size. Yes, for a couple of times. So the first time that we saw her, she was trying to catch a prey. And the way that cuttlefish catch a prey is astonishing. They would turn into like a 2D structure, have their tentacles ready, trying to catch something right under it, like in a full full on apex predator mode. Super exciting. I recommend everyone to look up online to see how cuttlefish prey. <laughs> so that was the first time that I met her. <laughs> it was amazing. She was trying to catch something under the reef tiles. So I don't know what that is. It could be a fish, it could be a little invertebrate, but that's also what the reef tiles function as. It's not just for the coral, but also providing this micro habitat for other marine lives to live inside. And that was something that was feeding on, uh, feeding, providing food for the cuttlefish. And the second time I saw her, it was so amazing. She was laying eggs right under the reef tile as well. Laying eggs um, under the reef tile? Yes, yes. Ooh. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the end of her life. Oh. Um, but she was quietly sitting there, slowly putting her eggs under the reef tiles. We have been looking for the opportunity to go back and see if we can see her babies. We haven't seen one yet, but I'm sure they, they are there. And hopefully they will also consider that their home. Do these marine animals have a preference to like a, like real corals or, or 3D printed corals? Do they know the difference or are they really just looking for, for shelter? They actually know. I think one of the major difference between ours pro among our products with the other artificial reefs is that if you look up artificial reef online, oftentimes you will find structures that are creating structural ha habitat. Yes. And fish, yeah, complex structures like a house. Fish will go in because they're for them. There's like, oh, that's great. Something's over there. Let's check it out. The problem is most of these artificial reef structures take time to become organic, or even so, some of these materials, especially with those made with concrete, those have difficulty recruiting life in there. So the moment that they get in, will then soon realize, oh. But there is actually nothing in here, so they'll check, come and come and go, come and go. They never stay there. And with the reef tiles, 
our structure is actually the only, I would say, one of the few products that's providing flat structures. So we don't want to create another artificial structures underwater to replace coral reefs. We just want the foundation. We just want to help them to kickstart. And the coral that we put on top will be the architect to create a natural habitat. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I think that would, make, that would be the major difference, why we are able to see this cuttlefish mom staying there for at least six months is because there is organic elements in our restored reefs and that's why it's keeping her around. So, wow, yeah. I'd be interested to sort of have like a secret camera sort of filming the, the, the animals going to your 3D printed reefs and just to see what sorts of animals are attracted there. Yes, yes, for sure. You actually lead to a very good question. Um, we are not only building the coral reef just for the sake of seeing that or after six months. Actually, one of the reasons why our client is willing to work with us for at least three years is that we want to make sure that we have the impact and we want our client to see the impact together with us. So one of the major questions that we ask is, how is this restored reef going to help with biodiversity? So we can do it two ways. The first way is we are looking into environmental DNA, almost like seeing it as a forensic crime scene. We select the DNA from there and see who lived there and who passes by. So that would give us a good understanding on- And traces of the animal there as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Very CSI. Okay, and how will you monitor that then? I mean, how will you know which which sea creatures? I mean, you mentioned just now that the cuttlefish, but how, I mean, what other? How else will you monitor that? Mm -hmm. Right now, we are still sending divers going in to see what is out there, but we know that this is not the most comprehensive way. As Noreen, you just said, we wish that we have a CCTV underwater to see who is actually there. So one of the other way is that. Um, for example, uh, using eDNA. And the other way that we're trying to explore, I have to admit that this is still under R&D, is that we hopefully we can put a literally a CCTV underwater so that we can see who passes by and that would give us a stronger visual image rather than just environmental and DNA data. Yeah, so would it be sort of uh, be a part of the reef as well, like a, like a, a CCTV as part of the coral? Uh, a structure. Hopefully, hopefully. Wow, that's so cool. I, I can't imagine. It's kind of like a GoPro, but the other side of, of the story. Uh, Rico, um, I, I wanted, I, I do want to ask, what, apart from uh, uh, Hoi Ha Wan Marine Park, what other locations have you sort of uh, 3D printed your corals? Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I love, I would love to answer that question, but also accelerate, also shall, shall celebrate uh, our impact as well. So right now we have two other sites in Hong Kong. Actually, I think very soon we will get more uh, info to be shared because we have a campaign working with our client. We will have a second largest um, restored area with the free to print reptiles in Hong Kong this summer. Oh, so stay tuned. Congratulations. Yes, yes and, and hopefully thank you'll be back you. to talk more about that. Thank you. Thank you. And the fact that right now I'm staying in Abu Dhabi is because we have the first site outside of Hong Kong and that will be situated in Abu Dhabi as well. So it's very interesting to see how we can scale this technology born and created in Hong Kong, but also we have the adaptability because first we're using 3D printing and second, the algorithm is driving our design. So today we test things in our product in Hong Kong, 
But by changing, knowing that we are going to Abu Dhabi, we can source the open source data, feed them into the algorithm, and create another pattern that would be best suited for corals in Abu Dhabi. And that's also what we are launching this year, by the end of this year. Wow. F- forgive me and, and, and please enlighten me. I, I wasn't sure about the sort of marine life in Abu Dhabi. I mean, is it quite a, a, a vibrant marine life there? And, and would 3D printing yes. uh, uh, coral reefs benefit uh, the, the waters of Abu Dhabi? I have to admit that I was surprised when I first got this inquiry, inquiries uh, from our client as well. Because I think like many others thinking about Hong Kong, like we would never thought about Hong Kong actually have more coral species than the entire Caribbean. Most of the urban cities like Hong Kong and Abu Dhabi, we are often, uh, oftentimes our islands more on the financial side, more so on our skyscrapers. What we don't remember, what we often forget is the marine life underwater. And it was so interesting to look into the similarity between Hong Kong and Abu Dhabi. We are going extensive coastal development, yet we are sitting in the subtropical area, hosting the most resilient corals on earth. So these, all these little elements are putting things together and it makes so much sense for us to be in this part of the world. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like you said, our eyeline is always sort of above sea level. And then if you sort of go underwater, there's a whole uh, ecosystem that, that perhaps uh, I wasn't familiar about uh, in, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it's, it has been an eye-opening experience for me as well and our team. The moment that we landed here, we were really surprised how this part of the world, this Abu Dhabi, this country, is committed to sustainability. So we are super excited uh, with our expansion and more opportunities to come up. Yeah. What sorts of challenges or obstacles have you come across then, Vrico? Because it all sounds very great, you know, 3D printing corals for sustainability. But, you know, there must be some challenges along the way. Of course, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, So the first thing that we encounter is how do we productize a research project into something that's digestible in a commercial sense? That was the first um, challenges. How do we build our team focusing on primarily on science? We, ha- we make, have to make sure that we have the strongest science backing on our product and also our theory and our solution, but also make it digestible was the first challenges we have. And I'm so grateful that we have a full team of 11 full time across Hong Kong and Abu Dhabi, and all of us share the same mission, covering um, anything from operation, from design, from uh, even recruitment. So yeah, that part, I think building the right team was the first um, obstacle, but we are very happy to be able to be ready. Um, The other thing I would say is uh, promoting the business, um, because a lot of people I would say out there will still don't understand that they can be part of the solution, and we want to empower them as well and being just propose a model that they could be an active player in this space so that would be the second challenge but it has been very very um, educational and encouraging for us as well yeah and also Rico I suppose within the company there's also different stakeholders I mean you've got marine biologists you've got architects and you know who who gets the final say um, ultimately, because it really is um, a, a great collaboration between the various departments. You know, architects will have their own ideas of how these 3D coral reefs should look like, and the marine biologists will also have their own vision of how it can um, sustainably attract marine life. So it's really a, a battle of, maybe not battle, but really a difference maybe of vision sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say yes, for sure. Like this in for any interdisciplinary projects, it's almost like, especially when it comes to the expertise, a very niche expertise. We speak our own language, especially for scientists. <laughs> so. So yes, we do. We do. It's so far. I think in our business model, um, the marine biologist in this place is almost like a coral whisperer. It's like we know what the <laughs> I coral. I love that a lot. The coral whisperer. <laughs> yes, we go into the water. We know what they need, and then we translate what they need, um, their request to our product, to our in-house architect and a designer, telling them, okay, this is what they need. This is not. What they like, this kind of thing. So the product design process was actually working like that. So it has been quite smooth, actually. The other struggle is that once we have in another as player, uh, which is Dennis, uh, our new um, co-founder and CEO, he is the one bringing the commercial perspective and trying to balance the other team, like the, the scientists, the architects, the designers. We all work in our own space. But then when it comes to how do we translate this? Amazing product to something digestible is something that Dennis has been helping us to convert to. Um, so yeah, that would be another layer of the communication needed. So, but yeah, it has been great so far. Wow, Rico, it sounds like your company has really sort of matured. I mean, it was just only two years ago when this was sort of um, it was still part of your your PhD research project, and now this is coming to fruition.、Uh, before I let you go, you mentioned that you know the public we're part of the solution too. So, what can we do、uh, to look after、um, and 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 to live sustainably, and also to look after our marine life? Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that I always keep saying is that restoration is only part of the larger equation to mitigate climate change. Mitigate climate change, after all, is all caused by bigger problems like burning fossil fuels, our daily carbon footprint on our daily life. So if we do not stop that, there is no way that we can plant coral faster than the other things, killing them. So what we are doing is just lowering down, buying ourselves more time, so that we can do mitigation, so that we can change other like tackle the root cause of the problem. So I will say what we want to do is that we want to scale the solution to big, to larger people, to a larger group of audience.、Uh, for example, we also run educational workshop to students,、uh, even to the public, and also we are working with corporate client. All we want to do ultimately is to make people to feel that. They are part of the solution, and just that as a starter, building the connection with them to the ocean. Hopefully, that can give them a stronger incentive and remind them we all live on the same planet. So that really needs to work together to halt climate change and help corals to and other marine lives to grow better. Well said, Rico. Remind our listeners once again: How can we find out more about you and your work? Have you got a website? Are you on social media so that people can find out more about Arky Reef? Yeah, sure, sure.、Um, we have our LinkedIn profile. We also have our website where we will have more update upcoming. So if you're interested,、uh, you can also find my name. I'm reachable on LinkedIn, Facebook,、uh, or even just email. So if you have any thing that you would like to share or just to Want to be more actively participating part of that? Feel free to send me an email. It's happy to engage. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's so lovely to catch up with you, and I hope we'll be able to to chat soon again before the end of the year to hear more about、uh, your, your special launch of the project. Rico, you thank you so much for your time. And Rico is the CEO and and the co-founder of Arky Reef. Thank you so much for your time.
Thank you, Noreen. Take care. Bye.